0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 116 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Uh, We have a very, very... uh, experienced man manager on uh today for a chat uh brenton sanderson uh played uh with collingwood or originally adelaide then collingwood and geelong for a long period of time straight out of playing days straight into coaching uh as an assistant uh, with port adelaide then i think he was at uh geelong um then got a gig with the crows obviously senior coach and uh, has been a collingwood assistant ever since so very good with people, this, this this gentleman, and um, such a natural leader, um, natural communicator, um, I, I believe, and you know, I've been really uh, inspired by by Brenton, this uh, just as an individual, very very solid and um, uh, you know well respected. So I'm sure we're going to get lots of insight around um. Uh, his life today and also what he does to look after himself but um, you know what his experience managing people over the years and managing uh, guys or being being exposed to guys with mental health challenges over the journey as well which is going to be interesting and obviously uh, talking about football uh, in a bit more depth and uh, also uh, what's going gone on over at uh, Geelong over the last few years which is uh, probably been amongst um, pretty closely I'd imagine so sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. I uh, just want to make special mention to our primary partners Green Nutritionals who provide green organic superfoods so if you're lacking something in your diet please uh, check out their website their products are pure and natural and all organic um, uh, sourced from the best places in the world their website is greennutritionals.com.au also Pure Life Bakery so if the bread that you're eating bloats you Uh, Pure Life uh, breads are sprouted, so the grains are sprouted in the breads. That means the digestive process in the body works a lot better. I really like their stuff. It's uh, available all around Australia. If you want to check out their website, purelifebakery.com.au. Also, if you're looking for uh, work in the construction or mining uh, industry or looking to employ people, please uh, uh, support MacForce Australia, um, M-A-C-F-O-R-C-E.com.au, really ethical, organised a uh, well-to-do company which uh, looks after their people really well, much, much uh, uh, more than um, well, been expected. They go their extra distance to look after their, their, their staff and, and everyone around them. So if you're looking to work for a good ethical employer that will look after you, uh, please uh, check out MacForce and register with them. Alrighty, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat with Brenton and I. Please feel free to, sh- uh, free, feel free to share it with others that, uh, that may find it uh, helpful. Brenton Sanderson, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Uh,
1: thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. No worries,
0: mate. Um, yeah, look, uh, really grateful for your time. I know you're sort of down there in Melbourne at the moment and uh, having some challenges with uh, all the restrictions and so forth going on, but you're yeah, hanging in there, which is the main thing.
1: Yeah, it has been a challenging sort of couple of years for, for people down in the south. You know, we we um, were fortunate enough. I mean, the AFL did a fantastic job in getting the last two seasons away with all the restrictions and lockdowns we had down in Melbourne but um, there's thankfully light at the end of the tunnel it looks like we're coming out of it now with all the uh, people getting vaccinated and um, yeah thankfully after what's been a really challenging time yeah. uh, there is some there is some light at the end of the, end of the tunnel I think.
0: Yeah good stuff mate I, I didn't realise but you just finished up with Collingwood only only recently
1: Yeah I've been there for five seasons now and there has been a lot of change at the Pies obviously you know Bucks uh, left halfway through the season and um, almost everyone that was out of contract has, has you know, sort of decided to look for other opportunities. But um, you know, that's that's our industry, and um, you know, I, I feel very grateful to, to have five years working at the Pies, and yeah. we got so close to a premiership in 2018 um, and fell, uh, fell one kick short. But mm. you know, that's that's just the way it is, and uh, you know, the game is very fluid and it moves it moves very uh, quickly.
0: Yeah, mate. It's it's been obviously such a big part of your life. Um, when did it all start? Obviously, when you're a young fella growing up in Adelaide, that's when you sort of got a bit of a passion for it all.
1: Yeah, I was like most kids, you know, growing up in um, you know the southern states. I played, I played footy um, in the winter and cricket in the summer. And you know, like like, like uh, I guess most young boys, I idolised my dad when I was growing up, and he was a good footy player, a really good uh, country bush footy player, and. Um, you know, I used to play footy in the mornings on a Saturday and then Dad would play in the afternoons and I would run around the boundary, you know, as the boundary umpire. I'd, if I was lucky enough, I'd be able to do the scoreboard and, um, you know, that's how we sort of spent our, our weekends in the winter, you know, it um, yeah. would always be around the footy club. So yep. uh, I was lucky enough to get um, you know drafted to the Crows when they first started in the competition and... Spent been a couple of seasons there. Got traded to Collingwood, just had um had a season there, and then I obviously finished my football playing journey at um, Geelong uh, right. in 2005. So, mate, uh, that was my uh, playing career.
0: That's uh we'll, we'll, we'll tap into that a bit in a, in a sec, mate. It seems like you got a bit of wind in the background or something there at the moment. Yeah, sorry, I'll just I'll just turn the corner here. Hang <laughs> on. You're right, no worries.
1: Uh, well good. So there you go, that's yeah, better, that's,
0: that's better. better, yeah. Hey, um, where did your dad play, whereabouts in country, um, South Australia?
1: Well, we grew, we grew up in the Adelaide Hills in a in a town called Blackwood, um, which was a really competitive, um, you know, country footy league, you know, the hills was a really good standard and uh, it was back in the time, I guess, when um, there was no uh, AFL or BFL football, obviously, in Adelaide so there was a lot of good you know country footballers and the competition was really was really great so that was um you know something I aspired to do as a young man as well.
0: Yeah good good work um it's interesting obviously a a lot of people listening to this are uh, from regional Australia and um yeah you're right like back then it was it was that was it mate we didn't have all the influences that we have now with um with uh uh you know the other things to do was football or cricket or whatever and uh we sort of made our lives around that which was which was pretty awesome and it was interesting, obviously. You know, um, uh, you know, talking to a lot of other guys that have been on and so forth too, that have sort of come through the same pathway as you. Um, just sort of, you know, doing the hard yards as a player and uh, as a young kid, and then sort of, you know, having a passion for it. What's uh, what really drew you to um, wanting to make a, a career out of it when you were when you were a young fellow? Was it something you always wanted to do? Or was it just did it just evolve naturally? Well,
1: it probably just evolved to be honest. I mean, obviously, like most kids, I. I dreamt of playing you know vfl afl footy and i never really thought i would to be honest but i guess just opportunities come along and each year you sort of grow and you get better and you start to get invited to you know join rep teams and and then yeah it sort of just went from there i was fortunate enough to be able to um to get on the crows list um had a had a, had a couple of seasons there and my journey i guess at the um professional level started so uh, and its I mean, I look, I look back now, that was um, that was almost 30, 30 years ago. That's yeah. crazy how quickly time just flies along.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. It would have been, uh, like back then, mate, you would have thought you would have been um, able to go to one club and just stay in South Australia. Obviously, if you were from there, that would have been ideal, but um, obviously it wasn't to be. Was it a big shock for you when you sort of got cut there and ended up at Collingwood?
1: Yeah, it was. And, you know, for me, obviously, uh, it was the first time I'd had to leave home and, I probably wasn't ready for it, to be honest. I was—I was really fortunate to, um, uh, as a 19-year-old, it was Nathan Buckley's first year at Collingwood as well. So um, I came from the Crows, he came from the Brisbane Bears at the time, um, and we were—we were all of a sudden were with roommates living together. He was—he was 20 and I was 19. So I mean, he was an incredible influence on me, uh, even at that age. You know, he was incredibly determined, really passionate about footy, and really worked his backside off to get the best out of himself. And mm. I was probably in a bit of cruise control at that age, to be honest, but it all happened pretty quickly for me and didn't really understand the, um, I guess the expectations of what goes into being a professional footballer. And I only lasted one year at Collingwood and then I ended up at Geelong. But from then, I think just, um, you know, we're, we're, we're still obviously close mates. We obviously worked together for the last five years and we've remained, um, you know, really good friends, um, over the last 30, 30 years or so. But, um, yeah, he, he definitely gave me a wake up call about how to be a professional footballer.
0: What do you think it was that motivated and drove him so much back then as a young fella?
1: I don't know. I really, it's it's. I mean, he he just had that eye of the tiger, you know, that incredible desire to get the best out of himself. Even at a very young age, he was incredibly determined, and he did move around a lot as a kid. He's, um his family moved houses a lot. He spent some time in the Northern Territory. Um, in Country Victoria, obviously in South Australia, when he he was there as well, um, and, I, and then he was up at the um, up at the Brisbane Bears mm. for for a season as an eighteen year old. So he um, he probably just you know from a very I guess early age, you know, football was was his passion, and he was determined to get the best out of himself, and he, he obviously certainly did. You know, Brownlow medalist and almost three hundred AFL games. So, mm. um, but yeah, like, like I said, he was he was someone that I couldn't, you know, look up to even at that young age.
0: Yeah, and it was pretty rare back then, you know, like uh, there wasn't too many uh, with with his work ethic. I remember sort of him going to Brisbane and and just how how, um, you're right, determined he was. And and, and for me, like looking at that from afar, I, I... I really admired that, you know, I guess but it was it was pretty foreign back then because yeah, you're probably like yourself, a lot of people were in cruise control and uh, football was more part time than what it is now. So, you know, he was uh, he was at another level than the average player back then I would have thought would have thought, which would have been, you know, perfect for you coming coming in and uh, and sharing an environment with him, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we we were sort of the first of the professional like full full time professional footballers. It sort of happened when I remember when we first started at Collingwood, I was working part-time in, an, in a in a gym and, you know, Bucks was working part-time um, with, a, with a physio. He was a physio aide. Uh, mm. But then a few years later, we went sort of full-time, you know, the industry. Mm. The players were paid well enough that we were able to sort of devote, you know, um, football full-time. So, I mean, the players the players now, the modern-day players, just don't understand, you know. They just they can't quite see how you could still have a... Have a job and then go to footy training after and then play AFL on the weekend. But mm. it's only been really in the last sort of 20 years that that's, that that's happened. That's um changed, yeah. But yeah. obviously now the players are earning much more money, you know, and they, they sort of deserve every cent. They, yeah. they really throw themselves into their career at a young age and um, the spotlight's right on them and they probably deserve everything they get.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's interesting. Uh, you went to Geelong, mate, and a lot of guys back then. That was pretty much like a second chance place for them. You know, they they didn't quite make it at other clubs, but they got down there and and really thrived, Did that? Did that sort of um, that that sort of change things when you went into that environment and it was a bit more uh, maybe relaxed, but also more of a country atmosphere.
1: Yeah, very much so. It was. Um, I actually really enjoyed my time at Geelong. I ended up, you know, playing there for eleven seasons and. Then I coached there for five seasons afterwards. But I guess my time there was was exactly what you said. You know, I was able to you know get down to Torquay and um, you know get in get in the ocean a little bit. It was just a bit more relaxed the atmosphere there, and it was a time of transition at Geelong. I, I was fortunate enough to um, to play with Gary Ablett Senior, and um, you know see him up close, and um, you know guys like Billy Billy Brownless and some of those great players at Geelong like Liam Pickering and you know Mickey Mansfield. Mm. Uh, Johnny Barnes, all those all those boys Were sort of coming towards the end of their career So I sort of got a bit of a taste of, of That era of Geelong and then it was Obviously the start of uh, That really strong successful Premiership team that, that Ultimately won the Premierships in 07 But it was through the draft of guys like Cameron Ling and Paul Chapman Steve Johnson, James Kelly Matthew Scarlett, Tom Harley, Darren Milburn mm. Corey Enright, all those, all those Kids were sort of coming through when I was In my sort of fifth or sixth Season, so it was great to be able to get some some time playing with those boys too, and watch them evolve and develop, and ultimately win a premiership.
0: You would have had you would have been mucking around with Brad Scholl back then, I'd imagine. Um,
1: Yeah, Brad Scholl, He was he was he was a great teammate. He was so much fun. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the real characters that I've met through footy and. he always had a smile on his face, and he's he there's a there's a bloody good football player too. Mm,
0: yeah, I grew up uh, in Horsham, and, and he's from there, and, and, and he he works pretty hard too. Don't worry back then, but also he liked to party, and uh, i imagine you would have spent a few nights at the Lyric nightclub uh, back in the day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, he he, he comes from North Melbourne, I think. Surely he might have got there the first year that I came. Yeah. Um, and like like you said, he he had, a, he had a second opportunity after being at North, and. We grabbed it with both uh, hands and, you know, had a, had a couple of really good seasons with uh, Geelong. And um, like I said, it was sort of the end of a bit of an era there at Geelong and the start of a new one. And it was great to be able to see, see that up close.
0: Mm, definitely. And there was a lot of guys that came from North Melbourne, like Liam Pickering and uh, Lee Tudor. And, um, you know, quite a few uh, fellows that ended up down there, you know, that come out of that uh, North Melbourne outfit that weren't quite, you know, able to make it. They, they got down there with another chance and, you know, did really well.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but yeah, for for, for whatever reason, I think Geelong is just a really good destination for some players that seems to get the best out of them. I'm I'm not sure why, but maybe it is that sort of more relaxed sort of country type atmosphere that a lot of guys that actually grew up in the bush were able to you know really appreciate a lot more. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm not sure exactly why that is.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's true. It's something like I observed as a young fellow watching, you know, guys go through there. We had uh, Adrian Hickmott and Shane Brewer and a few of them from Horsham yep. go, and they they uh, yep. they all fitted in there, you know, really well. And it was that you could just tell when you run into them, they were they were themselves. They weren't like you know having to be a performer that was not um, aligned with who they really were. You know, they were just uh, natural natural footballers, and they're in that environment where they could um, they could you know just. Just be a bit more free, and the lifestyle of Sydney, which yeah, you know, which is which is awesome, and um, I guess you know, you look at uh, young fellows now having to go out of their environments to new states and um, into cities and all those sorts of things that can be quite challenging.
1: Yeah, particularly the kids that sort of come from country Victoria that end up in sort of big big cities, you know, whether they get drafted to to Sydney or one of the um, you know, Melbourne Metro teams. But that's why I think there are so many kids from the country that grow up in the country that really do like getting down to Geelong and. As you said, they sort of sort of find that niche down there a little
0: bit, which is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so back then, um, you we wouldn't have talked about sort of mental health stuff, you know, too much back in the in the nineties and so forth. But can you can you think of you know players that you played with that obviously their behaviour might have been a little bit uh, unaligned? And you know, thinking of it now, like like what uh, what you know what they possibly could have been. Uh, diagnosed with or they could have actually had uh, you know an imbalance in some way and you know i, I just reckon back then there was, was a lot of young fellows that sort of come into the system and exited the system probably because they, they weren't recognized with having uh you know something the the, the matter that uh, that could have been addressed probably a bit more better now than what it was back then
1: yeah definitely you know and it's spot on when you when you look back now and we we just didn't have the support network around players firstly so there was you know, football department was pretty much made up of the senior coach, uh, the footy manager, and maybe one assistant coach with, you know, someone that worked part time in the gym. You know, uh, mm. plus I guess the medical team that were there part time as well. But mm. football clubs are so much better supported now with, um, you know, uh, so much more welfare opportunities for players to be able to talk openly about what's what they're feeling. Um, and you know, thankfully, uh, and it's been a long time coming, but just recently, you know, players just feel a lot more comfortable about about just talking about how they're feeling and the challenges they're potentially facing. So um, mm. we've definitely come a long way, thankfully. And um, I think back to my time and the times that I, you know, was struggling uh, with some of the things that happened in my football journey. And, you know, I just didn't have anyone to talk to. It was, mm. it was something that I could sort of get through myself. Or I thankfully had a, um, you know, very supportive family that were able to, Sort of, I, I, I guess I could always lean on, but um, but now you know football is much more supportive than what it, what, it, what it ever has been.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and you look at your your journey, like having to go to to three or four different places in the space of you know four or five years as a player, and then sort of come out of it. And obviously, you got some traction coaching back to Adelaide and that sort of thing. But was it interesting for you, like to to go from? Uh, from being a player into like a man manager, and um, obviously, I, 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 as I mentioned, I, I really admire the way you've gone about it. You, you're very professional with um, with um, your your own demeanor, but also your rapport with, with others. And was it something that was was pretty pretty natural to you to to, to sort of help um, you know, guide and, and manage other people? You, you there, mate? Yeah, sorry, there. Oh, so yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Well, was it something that was pretty natural for you to be able to step into a role where you were managing men and, and other people
1: oh, definitely not no I mean it took, it took me um, i guess a lot of practice to be able to, to learn how to be a coach and how to manage I guess staff and players and um, sometimes you just sort of got to learn, learn the hard way but I've, I've always really been you know empathetic with players um, and staff who who for whatever reason um, are going through some challenges in their life, but I guess initially um, it was pretty much sink or swim. You know, I just came in as as a coach initially at Geelong, and then um, well, there's someone with a drill. There I walk there's a drill, right? But um, but yeah, I guess the biggest challenge for me was was coping with um, trying to solve people's problems myself. When
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, if a, if, a, if a player had a had an issue, you know, emotionally that. I probably felt like I could help him solve it, whereas I think what I've learned now um, about being a manager and about being a coach and about being more understanding of where men are at, um, you know, emotionally, is to is to point people in the direction of the experts. Mm, so
0: yeah,
1: um, that's probably what I didn't do well initially. You know, as a as a manager and as a coach was was um, try and solve problems i
0: guess yeah that's true i know that feeling mate because yeah certainly um not doing it professionally in a sporting environment but sort of managing um you know large teams of people myself i used to take on board a lot you know and uh and really a lot of that sort of hits your heart and 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 you know blow to the heart can be as powerful as a blow to the body primarily if you take something on and you know it consumes you and if you're trying to sort of be your best and 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 perform and get results some of those things that you embody can be, can be really difficult um, uh, to move, move on and move through unless you've got the supports around you to be able to do that. But it is a, it is a, a journey and a challenge and a practice to be able to, to, to develop those skills. But, you know, obviously you, you, you had something in you because these clubs recognised you, you know, fairly early on and, and that led you to, uh, to getting a, a job at, um, at Adelaide. When you when you got that role, were you were you pretty excited about it, or what was the initial feeling for you when you actually started to uh, realise that you were now a, a senior coach?
1: Oh, that was awesome! Yeah, I mean that was I just I, I can actually remember back at that moment. You know, when I when I when I found out that I'd got the job, you know, I was so pumped for mm. the opportunity to lead your own team. And I think every senior coach that gets an opportunity, the first thing you dream about, the first thing you visualise is is, you know, getting your hands on the Premiership Cup and lifting it above your head, you know, a little bit like what Simon Goodwin did for the first time this year, you know. They're just incredible visualisations. But, you know, ultimately it didn't work out to plan for me. I was um, had a really good first season at the Crows. We went from, I think, seven wins to 17 wins and we lost the prelim by a couple of points. And um, But then we uh, obviously lost, lost a few players and had a few injuries the next year and we just missed the finals two years in a row. And... And I lost my job, but um, mm. as I said, that's the industry, and you gotta you gotta learn how to cope with those sort of um, situations on in your career. And um, and also, as I said, you know, the ability to be able to open up and discuss stuff and have support around you, and not try and do it all by yourself, is just it's just imperative um, these days to ensure that you're getting the right the right network around you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's interesting. Um, Scott Waters uh, said that he was given the bullet around probably around the same time actually and and he never yep. got any support either you know he 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 just got one phone call from someone that was involved in the club and that was it and he was on his own you know and um um uh, you know thinking about that that's that's not real really good people management from a club perspective you know to have a senior person sort of exit the system and have no support around them. When you did come out of it, how, how did you feel personally? Like you'd failed, or did you feel like you'd um, you you, you sort of made the most of the opportunity? You couldn't do any more, and you were happy to move on.
1: Yeah, probably. I guess uh, spent a lot of time having to build back your confidence. That's probably the first thing is mm. is you do get a bit of belief knocked out of you. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm really lucky. I got a I got a really supportive wife, and um, I've got a family who I'm really close with. You know, my my parents have been, you know, really, really um, supportive throughout my whole football journey. But I think it's the men, typically, and the women. I guess where it's at a, at a moment like that, if you just hold everything in, it can just be a volcano, you know, that just keeps bubbling under the surface, and it needs to be released at some point. So, um, like I said, I, I guess I, um, I was, I was quickly back on my feet and looking for my next opportunity. I had a couple of years working for the working for the National Academy at the AFL, which was great. But, um, you know I, know, I know a lot of men, like I said, they bottle things up for too long and they, they haven't got the ability to be able to, you know, talk op- openly with people that they can trust. And unfortunately, they suffer in silence, which is, which is certainly not the way to do it.
0: Yeah, Great. Certainly, you know, myself coming from a country town, uh, that was that was my game for a long time, mate. I, I couldn't talk about anything, you know. I, I could have, but I just felt so um, worried about being judged and criticised for, for any of that. And you know, thankfully, things have changed now. But, um, you know, it's still something that sort of, uh, uh, you know, keeps guys uh, trapped with regards to those emotions. But to be able to talk about them openly and honestly is really important. Do you, Did you find... Um, like obviously, since that time at the Crows and moving into Collingwood and so forth, did you find that that started to open up quite a bit? You were able to have vulnerable conversations with uh, with others uh, in that in that environment.
1: Sorry, mate, I missed, I missed the last bit
0: of that question. You might have to just repeat it again. Yeah. Did you find, uh, like, after coming out of uh, being a senior coach and then into Collingwood, and that did, was it? Was it okay after a while to be able to have vulnerable conversations with people in that environment?
1: And it's, just, it's just cutting out there
0: for a minute. I don't know why I don't yeah. know if it's if it's my phone or your phone but, right. uh, nah, No worries. Nah, I was just just just, just saying I just, um, try again? Right. just uh, when you um when you sort of were at Collingwood there Did you find that things really opened up for guys so they could actually um, Feel comfortable having vulnerable uh, conversations in that in that environment?
1: Oh, yeah, I mean it's been awesome the last couple of seasons I don't know what it is and it's probably just the first player that had the courage to talk about it openly mm. and the support that he got around him but I don't know the modern the modern day AFL player now has just got so much support now they just feel so much more comfortable to you know express what they're going through and um, thankfully you know um, that's I think bled through the community too you know we've got we've got young men and women now who who just um, you know uh, have the confidence and I guess the the courage to to talk to someone um, and then just get support and. Thankfully, we've got there. I mean, it's taken so long. You know, as, as you mentioned before, Aaron, it's, it was probably a sign of weakness. We probably felt that if we talked about our our feelings and if we were really struggling, um, that was a sign of weakness. But, but thankfully now we know it's so much deeper than that, you know, and the players are getting um, so much more support than what they, what they ever have, which yeah. is great.
0: Yep. Agree, and um, yeah, we are at a really unique moment in time. If we didn't have those structures around us, then um, look, there's like so much more stimulation than there was, we were, you know, back in the 90s and that obviously now. So there's much more for a young fellow to get distracted which uh, with, which can, um, can, you know, deter them quite a bit. But yeah, you're right to be able to have um, the ability to be able to access those supports and services is available to everyone whether you're in a professional club or not, because, uh, there's services out there, mate, and obviously with what's been going on down south lately, it's knocked a few people about, but, um, you know, the uh, the people are there to talk to, whether it's someone that you know or someone that's not. You know, the first thing is to to really uh, make a step to, uh, to, to to challenge what's going on between the ears and start to reach out so you can move it on, I guess, at the end of the day. No,
1: you're right. I mean, I really encourage anyone who's listening, you know, if, if there at any point that you feel like, um, there's just nowhere to turn. That that there is um, there is always an avenue to a to a to a place of care. That there is people there that can listen and can certainly help you. Um, you know, get to a get get to a position of confidence on the back of just having really open and honest conversations. It's um, it's so much more easier than what it, what, it, what it what it ever has been to discuss how you're feeling.
0: That's true, mate. And just just on that side, obviously, you're going through a bit of a transition at the moment. I'm sure, like as as uh, as happened in the past, everything's sort of taken care of itself. Um, do you want to stay in football now, or do you reckon it might be time to try something
1: else? Uh, I'm really open to anything, to be honest. You know, I'm looking at opportunities. I mean, I love the industry. Footy's been my footy's been my life forever, and. Um, Uh, I I, I love being involved in teams that obviously have success and we win premierships and, um, you know, the journey is fantastic, you know, being involved with so many, you know, my lifelong friends have come through my football um, experiences. So I'm really open to anything, to be honest, you know. I've got obviously a skill set outside of coaching and um, I'd like to see where where, where, where that takes me. But, yeah, there might be some opportunities in footy. I'll just have to see where they where they
0: pop up yeah that's good mate and, and just you know my, my advice is to not force it let it happen and the right things will come along at yeah. the right time you know if you're sort of starting to get worried about it and uh down in the dumps uh, that's when things will work against you but if you keep positive and uh and know that everything will uh will work as it should then um then everything will you know take care of itself at the end of the day so mate um really uh really grateful for the chat and uh yeah wishing you well down there and um um yeah, the next uh the next uh, thanks, I, really,
1: I really appreciate you having me on and um yeah, good luck to everyone who listened in. I really hope uh uh you know everyone's journey is unique and I'm sure we're all um, we're all gonna cross paths there eventually along the way somewhere. So um good luck to everyone who's tuned in today. Yeah,
0: appreciate it, mate.